0: Welcome to Knot Project Space. Knot Project Space is powered by the Digital Arts Resource Centre, located in Ottawa on the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Algonquin Nation. The space is uniquely configured to present installations, screenings, and performances by contemporary artists working within the field of
1: media art. The Digital Arts Resource Center members portal is packed with a full audiovisual library of online content, including workshops, lectures, artist talks, publications, curated artist resources, and more. Become a DARK member today and get access immediately. Visit digitalartsresourcecenter.ca to sign up and take your artistic practice to the next level.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Not Project Spaces podcast series. My name is Anise Duchamp, and today I'll be talking with artists Tina Pearson and Tosca Turan about their work in our online exhibition, In Space Grey. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge that we're connecting with you today from the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Algonquin Nation. We honour the Algonquin people, who have occupied this territory since time immemorial, and whose culture has nurtured and continues to nurture this land and its people. We are grateful to be guests on this land where we have the opportunity to work, live, and create. In an effort to make this acknowledgement more active, we ask that you learn about the land that you're joining us from today and that you read the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's 94 Calls to Action. Please follow the link in the episode description. In Space Gray is a durational, mostly asynchronous online exhibition meditating on themes of connection, environmental extraction, and accelerated capitalism. Tina Pearson is a composer, multimedia artist, and facilitator based on Laquanian territory. She is fascinated with how we listen and perceive, and with our relationships with ancestries and environments. Pearson creates for conventional and unusual ensembles, for installations and videos, and for online worlds. She is a member of the Avatar Orchestra Metaverse and the Experimental Music Unit. Her work is presented throughout North America and Europe, and included on numerous audio and visual releases. During In Space Gray, Pearson facilitated a workshop called Breath and Belonging Online, where she invited people from many geolocations to play with the edges and depths of connection in cyberspace. The workshop references deep listening practices, as well as sensing and attention based telematic art practices that Pearson has developed through 15 years of working with performance in audio and 3D online platforms.
1: I made a score for field recording, basically, and it was called Toward a Reciprocal Listening um and i was had been thinking a lot about um the way um one enters a more or less wilderness environment you know a one that's has less human encroachment and the assumptions that we make when we're uh, when we're going there, what we're bringing, uh, you know, our, our, our backgrounds, our cultures, our, uh, you know, the kind of work we do, who we are. And thinking about is there much difference between the extraction of resources from a forest and going in there and make, bringing sounds out, you know, kind of out of their context and bringing them to the city and doing a concert in a concert hall based on these sounds, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of talking about this right now. Um, And the other part also was of course, thinking about the indigenous lands that that we've been on and how all of our grand migration of all non-indigenous people here, um, the effect that's had on the land and the people. So the score asked um, the people who were doing the field recordings to consider their um, ancestries, to consider the land, and then it also talked, it kind of gave some uh, instructions, kind of like a sonic meditation in a way, for how to approach the land. Uh, And it includes asking, the idea of asking permission um, in any way that means, and listening for what the land might, how it might respond. Practice I've been doing for for a while, quite a while, partly as a way uh, to dwell in questions about my own belonging. Uh, I'm a first generation uh, North American. My mother's from Eastern Europe, and my father's from Northern Scandinavia. So, and a first generation English speaker, uh, you know. So there's there's always that question of where do I belong, even culturally, you know, uh, as a first-generation English speaker, also first-generation going to school, (laughs) first-generation artist. I've always had these kind of questions about where should I be doing my work? How, what is my work? How, what should it be? Who does it belong to? And then, of course, um, I was born um, in the territory of the Nguigusa, and Kananin uh, and Kukuching uh, First Nations in northwestern Ontario. Our family had a pretty strong relationship um, with the Indigenous leaders and community there. And so there's been a lot of questions for me about, is that my home? Do I belong there? How, how do I belong here where I live, which is in the Lekwungen Territory on the Pacific coast? And what rights do I have to be here? And what is my responsibility here uh, to the land? And then, of course, you know, right now, with the dire, dire emergency with the climate, I'm asking myself, what is my role as an artist? So this, the, the piece is an att- another attempt to respond to that, by giving myself a score. You know, I'm I'm from I'm, a, I'm from a music background. And so score to musicians is, you know, it's typically associated with a piece of paper with you know, these western european <laughs> staff lines and little dots, you know, where you're you're reading this and then that's how you play the music. It's for me a score um, I I use that term to mean any any, any kind of um, guidance or invitation to have an experience. So a score for me is it can be anything. We've really lost a lot, I think, with, with, with the, so much visual attention. And, you know, music is about sound. And so it, it's very recent that we have to read something to, to play music or to make sound. So for me, a score can also be just an, an oral suggestion. And so what I, when I'm making the reciprocal listening score, for example, um, it, I ask people to internalize it and then go out and do what they're doing. So they're not reading something. They've internalized these questions that they're asking themselves and suggestions that they're giving to their body and how they're listening. Deep listening is a practice that explores the difference between the involuntary nature
0: of hearing and the voluntary selective nature of listening. Developed by Pauline Oliveros, deep listening cultivates a heightened awareness of the sonic environment, both external and internal. Tina Pearson has been certified to do this work by Pauline Oliveros.
1: I'm a deep listening practitioner. I studied with Pauline Oliveros and, and you know, I'm, I'm certified to do that work with her from her. So yeah, it's absolutely influential for me. Working with this kind of vulnerability and trust and Over time, practicing on opening your senses to how you're listening, there's different information that you can get. There are things that the microphone doesn't get. If it's not an audio signal, the microphone isn't picking that up. So that's kind of how I've been working. So, with both, with microphones and with my body. To 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 listen in this whole way, so I can listen with my imagination, listen listen from memory. I question myself about bringing field recorded, you know, wilderness sounds into a concert because I ask myself why I'm doing it, and I don't know the answer to that. There are some brilliant sound, um, soundscape composers, Hildegard Westerkamp, a good friend who does incredible work, um, you know, where, where the, they're, they're really poignant pieces where the incredible recordings of, of um, wilderness environments um, in particular, but other ones too, really hear, you, you know, you get a sense of that environment and, 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 the idea is to bring awareness about those environments to people and especially about how the sound environment can give us information about how much of the ecosystem is gone and is disappearing. You know, so there are questions to me that I have about, okay, is that working? (laughs) Like, has that helped? Um, you know, I'm asking myself that, not 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 my colleagues, but does it help to do that? What I have come to is that if I can model listening as much as I can, and if I can bring an attention to um, the listener's own experience, you know, inc- invite them to bring their memories, their 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 DNA, their backgrounds, their listening to a situation. Um, then that's that's probably more useful than bringing field recordings to a place. At the same time, you know this the, the piece I'm doing for um, in space gray is going to be online. you know, I don't know who's gonna be watching or listening, you know, And so it's definitely going to be audio focused, although my, my, I have to tell you my videographer Kurt Schwartz that the, the it's just such beautiful stuff, but I really want to keep it simple. You know, you and I here, you're in Newfoundland, and I'm in Victoria. <laughs> you know I mean it's pretty crazy um so, like, what is this space that connects us? So I think a lot about that. It's okay, how are people going to be receiving this? They're all going to be mostly alone in their own space. Some of them might even be you know they might be watching it on an iPhone, which. Oh my god! You know, and how are they listening? You know, hopefully they'll have headphones on. Um, and and what is this space that we're sharing? That's not, it's not in real time. It's you know, it's a fragmented time, and it's like, so. I I think a lot about that when I'm making a piece. What am I offering the listener? And how can I listen to the listener while I'm making the piece? And of course I'm really happy to be doing a workshop, um, you know, so that there is some connection with that. And I will leave a also a score for people to I'm um, quote unquote score for people to then go out and, you know, try some listening on their own. But yeah, I think it's it's a it's an it's a really interesting dilemma this um thinking about these spaces that we're Engaging with each other in, and it's what I wanted to explore in the workshop is how are we here together? Um, you know, how are we listening with each other if we turn off the camera? You know, and there's so there's an element of trust with these online environments, I think, where you're are you really here? you know, are <laughs> how are you here? you know, and and if we go beyond talking like this and watching, can we can we attend together if we can't see each other and we can't hear each other online can we still connect together can we can we breathe together how how are we in this this space
0: And Tosca Turan seem to work in affective relational loops through the use of different technologies. Turan's Chaos Consortia is a visual and auditory performance created in collaboration with mycelium hooked up to biosensors, output into point cloud and MIDI encodings. Turan describes herself as an interdisciplinary human holobiont whose work is a confluence of art, ecology, and craft. Her work has been featured at SOFA New York, Mocha Toronto the Ontario Science Centre, Vector Festival, Sonica 21, New Adventures in Sound Art, and Ars Electronica.
2: I guess it's kind of interesting being able to um, produce work for an online platform, When, you know, I'm working with, like, a lot of hands-on elements in a way, like mycelium biosonification and electronics and music and that kind of performative space, Um, but to be able to include visuals and things like this that actually the mycelium can interact with or... I I shouldn't say interact with. It's more the mycelium... um, are kind of disrupting the visuals in a way and making some of the actions that the visuals take. So that's been really exciting. Chaos
0: Consortia consists of photogrammetry scans from the boreal forest output as point clouds, which have been fed into a code-driven generative feedback loop. The point clouds are being triggered from biodata that was translated in real time from living fungi, which also create the soundscape.
2: And so what I did for Chaos Consortia is I'm bringing that into um, some software called Touch Designer, which it's node-based, and there's code, and, but there's a lot of different aspects to it. So you can build out your visuals. For instance, like, so with the point clouds, I'm working with those in a video kind of format, and I bring that in, and then I bring in the bio data from Fungi, uh, using MIDI, and um, then I'm creating like these generative visuals that are happening. They're purely like code-based. It's a very layered kind of process. So what the fungi do is they're creating a soundscape, but they're also partially like they're creating they're helping to create the code aspect, if you will, like of the visuals.
0: Turan is working with open source, purpose-built biosonification modules.
2: It's Arduino-based. So, yeah, because the module can send out control voltage, like I build these electrodes um, so I can have kind of the mycelium grow around them. Um, And they're like very fine wire uh, that are placed inside of the fungi, and then the fungi does really kind of grow around it. And so the module picks up, uh, like it detects micro fluctuations in conductivity. Uh, between a thousand and a hundred thousandth of a second and that data is translated in real time to MIDI notes and controls or the control voltage like CV and from there that passes through the synthesizers and as far as um, the software is concerned what I do is I bring the data in and then I can uh, split this out to like x, y, and z coordinates so I can you know have things rotate or move like so you're moving through uh, the visuals and it's also creating the visuals so it's like taking a a noise if you will like so noise like pink noise or white noise but in a visual format like in that kind of context and then what it's doing is it's uh, it's shrinking it, it's evolving it, it's dissolving it it's uh, but it's kind of doing this randomly. Um, and there's some Python code in, like involved where it's uh, looking at time, so kind of like a like a clock based thing so it can look at that over seconds or it can you can divide it or you can multiply it and make it it's just really wild. soundscape that's being generated I can then take different aspects of that like the channels uh, you know like channel one channel two I can take the velocity like how fast it's coming in um, and different aspects of that data coming from the module that's coming from the mycelium and that is getting split out into all these different aspects of what's creating the visual in itself. What's really interesting to me about, say for instance, Touch Designer is it's in that it's node-based, you're making all these different connections and you're going within that node and then you're adding like different elements within there. So it's very much like a mycelium network in itself that the fungi is kind of connecting to this digital mycelium network.
0: Mycelium are very small threads of a fungal organism that wrap around tree roots. They form a network which connects plants and trees together to transfer water, nitrogen, carbon, and other minerals. Turan's node-based apparatus echoes some of the functioning of a mycelium network and outputs sounds and visuals.
2: What I was doing, at least for uh, like the video, and also for this the soundscape aspect, is then i'm maybe touching the mycelium every now and then i'm giving it a little squeeze if you hear like the pitch really change or um something gets maybe seemingly a little bit louder and the visuals start to dissolve or disappear that's the mycelium reacting right in that immediate to me like touching it A lot of um the soundscapes I like to create with the mycelium I'm working with Ganoderma lucidum which is also known as Reishi or Lingji. It's the mushroom of immortality. Um, and it tends to be very melodic, like all the different Reishi I've either cultivated myself or out in the woods, um, come across and hooked up and taken in like re- you know, the bio data and either listening to it right then and there happening or later. And I've had people, you know, come into a space and either everything stops, like the sound just entirely stops happening. And I don't know, is that a negative? Is that a positive? Um, Because when the person leaves, the music starts right back up. (laughs) And so often people that experience that have taken sometimes that as a negative, or sometimes the music, it doesn't stop, but it changes. Like the um, listening to a lot of different fungi and things like that, I have heard or find there's patterns happening, which that's really interesting. So sometimes people equate that to like a heartbeat or something like that. But it doesn't always stop. Sometimes it gets more frenetic or there seems to be more notes happening. And this doesn't even involve somebody like directly touching the fungi. So that's really fascinating to me. Like how, how is it picking up on the change? Is it vibrational? You know, somebody's come into a space and they're walking a little bit differently. It's interesting because oyster mushrooms are something I've been working with too, um, more frequently now. Um, and they tend to be Really active, like active in that. Like, I think the Ganoderma is active as well, but sonically, they sound very different. Like, just as far as the oyster mushrooms tend to be more metal, <laughs> if you will, like, versus the Ganoderma feel more chill, <laughs> or if you will, like, just more relaxed and kind of easygoing. And I've wondered if. Some part of that might be because oyster mushrooms really can bioremediate. You know, they can clean engine oil like metals out of soil, different things like that. And I mean, Ganoderma has similar properties, but oyster mushrooms, uh, blue oyster mushrooms in particular uh, that I've been working with, they seem to do these processes much faster. So I've wondered if that kind of has something to do with the sound output that's going on, that they're just like really busy in there, <laughs> in the substrate growing away. Yeah.
0: Thanks to both Tina Pearson and Tosca Turan for joining me to talk about their processes.
1: Every year, the Digital Arts Resource Center hosts Resolution, a public screening showcasing new work created by our members in the previous year. Any genre of work may be submitted, including experimental, drama, documentary, and animation. Visit digitalartsresourcecenter.ca to submit your work for Resolution 2022.
0: You've been listening to Not Project Space, powered by the Digital Arts Resource Center. This podcast was produced by Anise Duchamp with the help of associate producer Gary Franks. Original music by Adam Saigley. This episode was recorded by Anise Duchamp and Mel Gassney with special guests Tina Pearson and Tosca Turan. It was edited and mixed by Adam Sakely. And of course, it wouldn't have happened without the rest of the team at Dark Anetta Hagel, Jenna Spencer, Kalia Bourne, Denise Marchesan Cabral, Feza Lugoma, Christopher Payne, and Daniel Konisvita. Special thanks to the City of Ottawa, the Canada Council for the Arts, and the Ontario Arts Council. Join us once a week this fall on digitalartsresourcecentre.ca slash grey to interact with the works of Ashley Boa and Leslie Marshall, White Feather Hunter, May's Longboat, Tina Pearson, Emilio Portal, Manuel Pina Baldequin, and Tosca Turan over the course of online exhibition In Space Grey. Thank you for listening.